I have never, ever, 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 ever been disappointed in being a Chicago Bulls fan until Friday, January 12th. Today, right now, it is Wednesday, January 17th. So this happened five days ago. But the Chicago Bulls initial inaugural ring of honor, the very first one ever, where they're introducing a lot of people, some say too many people, into a ring of honor, a hall of fame, to recognize, thank you, celebrate them for what they did with the Chicago Bulls. Awesome idea, cool. Like I said, probably too many people, but hey, there's a lot of cool people, a lot of accomplishments for the Chicago Bulls that deserve to get in there. One of them is Jerry Krause, former general manager who literally constructed the dynasty of the Chicago Bulls that we know of. He hired Phil Jackson, told Jerry Reinsdorf, hey, this is our guy. He's a great coach. He's going to lead us to success. He built a team around Michael Jordan. If he didn't make some of the moves that he made, Michael Jordan remains a great player on a team that can't win. He doesn't get past the Boston Celtics. He doesn't get past the Detroit Pistons and the other teams that were really, really good in the late 80s, early 90s. He doesn't get past them. He traded for Dennis Rodman. He traded for Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen was actually drafted by Seattle Supersonics. All Bulls fans know this. The Bulls drafted Olden Polonese. 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 I think it's Polonese. Olden Polonese. Drafted him. Traded him to Seattle to get Scottie Pippen. To form one of the greatest duos of all time. If you ask me, the greatest duo of all time. Jerry Krause did all that. He never dribbled a ball. He never grabbed a rebound. But he put the team together. Without him doing that, the Chicago Bulls don't have six championships. They don't have two three-peats in eight years. They don't have the player known as the greatest player of all time. Because without those championships, you don't have a greatest player of all time. You don't. That's just how it works. You just don't. So at the Ring of Honor, Jerry Krause gets announced. The fans start booing. They show his wife on the Jumbotron, Thelma Krause. Thelma gets booed. Then at the end of it, they put a spotlight, not even a spotlight, they turned the lights on actually, and showed everybody, we'll say a spotlight camera view, on everybody, Ring of Honor, in the middle of the court. She's crying because the fans booed her and were disrespectful to Jerry Krause, who created the team. Yes, I know why. Everybody knows why he got booed. He's also the same man that kind of dissembled, dismantled the team. There was egos involved. There was money, finances involved. It is a professional sports franchise. That's what happens. The Last Dance came out in 2020. And there was a section about Jerry Krause and how he tore up the team and things of that nature. Didn't put him in the greatest limelight. And I'm sure that resonated in some of the boos. It makes sense. However, it's not politically correct. It's not moral. And as human beings, why are we being so petty? Again, without Jerry Krause, there is no Bulls dynasty. There would be no reason to get mad whatsoever because there wouldn't have been any greatness to celebrate or get mad about. We get it. We want the best things to last forever. But they weren't going to. Between contracts, egos, people wanting things that they weren't going to get anyway, it was bound to happen. So Jerry Krause put the gas pedal on it and made it happen sooner rather than later. 
Blame him. Be mad. I was at a time. As a Bulls fan, of course. You're like, man, Michael Jordan should have been there forever. Scottie Pippen should have been there forever. But you don't boo him when he's dead. Passed away in 2017. You don't boo his wife. Literally, I try not to cuss on this show as much as possible. Try to keep it PG-13. But everybody that was booing there made asses of themselves. All professional sports announcers, Charles Barkley, Stacey King, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on, have all said how shameful, disgusting, classless that that was. There are only three other organizations in the NBA that have won more championships than the Chicago Bulls. The Golden State Warriors, I believe, have won seven than the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics. That's it. That's it. That is it. And we're booing the man that brought those to Chicago. That was ultra disrespectful and just no, no need for that. Why are we so petty? Why are we harboring onto something so many years later? That was 1998. It's 2024, 26 years later. And we're booing the man because he dismantled the greatness that he started in the first place. I would have no reason to defend Jerry Krause before this happened. You want to say, you know, he was a bad dude. His ego got in the way. What was he trying to prove? Okay. Okay. Those are legit discussions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Of course, him doing what he did to create that would be brought up, but the opinion would be legit. Like, okay. But being disrespectful and booing somebody, their family, his name, because he's passed away, just ridiculous. I feel like if I keep saying anything about this, I'm going to start overlapping words that I said. However, I did bring up on Facebook as friends and I were chatting on Facebook. Actually, somebody unfriended me because they didn't like my take on this. Well, I said the part about Jordan, about, hey, if Jerry Krause doesn't make some moves and brings in the people that he brings in, they don't win. And he's the greatest player at that time. He's not going to be the play, greatest player of all time. If you don't win championships, you're not the greatest player of all time. That's just how it is. You have to win the championships. So if he doesn't, or if he only wins one or two, then he's just another great player. He's not the greatest player of all time. And on one of the best runs, the best dynasties in all of sports. If he doesn't make those moves, he's just a great player on a mediocre team or a single, maybe two championship team. That's it. That's it. And there's tons of them. There's a lot of those types of players that fit that mold. Couldn't get past the Celtics. Couldn't get past the Pistons. It would remain that way. Later on, if he didn't have a Dennis Rodman or a Scottie Pippen, it'd be he couldn't get past the New York Knicks or the Orlando Magic. You know, things of that nature. That's what would happen. Also, if you went and asked every single player and every single coach that are in the NBA right now, you ask them, hey, if you could win six championships in eight years, but you know that after that eighth year, the team is going to be dismantled and there's going to be bad blood, would you do it? Every single one of those contracts would be signed. Every single one. Truth. My name is Brandon Lachance. I am your host of Edge of URC Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Always appreciate it. Much love, appreciation for you clicking the like, the listen, the download button, all of those, and checking us out. Always, always, always much gratitude towards you. Don't know where you're listening to this episode, but you can catch 
Edge of Your Seat podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and the website www.rss.com backslash podcasts. It is with an S, it's plural, backslash Edge of Your Seat podcast. The socials, you know, we're there Facebook, Edge of Your Seat podcast, X, Edge of Your Seat P. Still want to say Twitter, but I'll say X from now on. Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying my best. Trying my best. X is edge of your seat. P, if you want to link with me on my personals on Facebook is Brandon LaChance. My last name looks like L.A. Chance. If I was a rapper, that's what it would be. But L.A. Chance, LaChance, that's the last name. On X, it's at LaChance Writer. So at L.A. Chance Writer. On all the sites. On the socials, Facebook, Twitter, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you see Edge of Your Seat Podcast, please like, share, follow, repost, five star, a million star, 10 million stars, 10 million stars would be awesome. Comment, all of those cool things to help us move up the algorithms, help us do what we're trying to do, and that is put a spotlight on everything awesome happening in Northern and Central Illinois. If you have any questions, suggestions, you would like to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest, dislike something I or a guest said, or you would like to sponsor with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, please send an email to edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. As always, much love and appreciation to Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions, for the creation of the intro and outro beat Heard on every single episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, which is sponsored by First State Bank. 19 locations in northern central Illinois. Great bank. I have been there since 2011. That's where my money's been for the last 13 years, and it's going nowhere else. Great policies. They know what they're doing. Man, I can't say enough about First State Bank. You should reach out to the local branch nearest you and find out for yourself. We have a fantastic show right now, episode 313. Our guest is Nate Stubler, friend of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. He's been on three or four times because he's always got stuff going on. He's a LaSalle, Peru alumnus, graduated from St. Ambrose, and he just wrapped up his rookie year of the PBA, Professional Bowling Association. And actually, he's just now starting his second year with the PBA on Monday. So today is Wednesday the 17th. On Monday the 15th, he bowled in the PBA Players Championship. There was five of them, five bowlers that qualified. He was a three seed. Tom Smallwood was number one. Bill O'Neill was number two. Then, of course, Stubler. Ryan Barnes was number four, and Chris Villa was number five. Stubler finished fourth in the PBA. That's pretty awesome. He had a 14-11 and 11 record. He averaged 235.57 points, earning $30,000. That is pretty awesome. So now he's starting his second year right after that. <laughs> that is fantastic. Stubler always doing his thing. Congratulations to him. We spoke on December 29th. He alluded to it, but he didn't like dive into the PBA Players Championship because, you know, he's trying to be modest, didn't want to put too much attention on it.
but he did talk about his first PBA season. He talked about his new marketing gigs. He signed with companies and, you know, being a pro while still living in Peru, getting the best out of both worlds. So congrats to Stubler again, fourth in the PBA Players Championship. He was also a nominee for Rookie of the Year, just racking up the accomplishments, and he's just getting started. Have you heard the news? First State Bank is the first to offer Quillo. Quillo is an online personal loan officer that allows you to apply for a loan in just minutes. Need to replenish your checking account, pay off a high interest credit card, or take that vacation you have always wanted? Check out Quillo on the First State Bank website using your phone, tablet, or PC. It won't impact your credit score to apply. There are no fees, no penalties, and payments you can afford. You'll need a First State Bank checking account, but have no worries. You can apply for one of those online also. Check out FSB's premier account that pays higher interest for doing a few routine activities. Go to firststatebank.biz today to see how you can get a Quilla loan with a new or existing checking account. First State Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender. If I had a younger brother from another mother, this would be the dude. Nate Stubler, my friend, known you for a long time, pretty much your entire adult life. You're doing big things. I had to get you on the show. You're a repeat friend of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. What is going on, my dude? Not a whole bunch. Uh, thank you for having me. You know, I'm always happy to be back. And anytime I'm free, you know, anytime you want to have me on the podcast, I'm definitely happy to be here. So what is it, like 12, 12 years now we've been doing this? Yeah, between podcasts and newspaper stories. And man, yeah, yeah. I think uh, as a freshman, was that the first time I talked to you? Uh, I believe so. Camp Classic, I think, my freshman year of high school, yeah. That You're, was I believe that was the very first time. We stood right next to the air hockey table, RIP to the air hockey table that's no longer there at the <laughs> Illinois Valley Super Bowl. But I remember standing there talking to you, and I'm like, this kid's a really good bowler. You did not look much of an athlete at the time. You were a little chubbier. <laughs> you were not studly like you are now. But I remember the conversation. I'm like, man, this kid is a great bowler, and you never have let anybody down since then. I definitely appreciate that a lot. Yeah, luckily I've grown a bit since then in the right ways between you know getting in the gym and you know taking it a little bit more seriously than than I did freshman year of high school. But you know, honestly, I, I blame the lunches for that. You know, that's that's gonna be my excuse. <laughs> the lunches or the Super Bowl because you worked there, and that food, even though fried and full of calories and full of stuff you should not put in your body is delicious. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's dangerously good for sure. Even now, especially too, they've updated the menu quite a bit since uh, new ownership took over. And yeah, every, every time I bowl there, you know, I got to get boneless chicken bites. So those are delicious. They are, they are, they are. So we said, you know, saw that you were a great bowler at that time. Since then you were state champ LP your senior year. You went on to St. Ambrose, had a crazy awesome run as an individual and with the team. And now for the last year, you are a PBA member, Professional Bowling Association Tour player. You are doing exactly what you've wanted to do since we first talked as a freshman, doing your thing, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been something that, you know, since I was a little kid, I always dreamed of. But honestly, just being that I'm here now, 
today it's it, it still feels like a dream it's it's hard to believe sometimes that i'm in the position i am and you know to be able to be a professional bowler and you know try to compete with those guys week in and week out it's it's something that doesn't feel real sometimes still we've talked about the high school stuff the college stuff all that on previous podcasts so any listener that has not heard those Go back through the Edge of Your Seat podcast archives. There's about three or four of them. I have lost count of how many times you've been on the show. But for this one, let us elaborate on the PBA. I mean, that's a huge thing. You are a professional playing a sport, a game that you love. I mean, let's jump into that. I mean, first of all, the competition. It's not high school bowling. It's not college bowling. It's got to be at least five times, ten times harder. Oh, easily. And there's, uh, I mean, especially, you know, competition aside, because now, you know, I'm going against, uh, you know, Jason Belmonte, the famous two-hander, uh, EJ Tackett, you know, uh, the PBA is where all the international players come to uh, the bowl. They have the European tour, but, you know, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like baseball and, and basketball where, you know, international players want to come to America to play the game and to compete with these guys. So, yeah, it's uh, essentially the tour runs six months out of the year between January to June. I think this year they said it's like there's going to be like $4.5 million uh, within, you know, total like with, within the pot, I guess, for tournaments and throughout the 16 events that we're bowling. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I've gotten to travel the country. Last year the tour was a little bit different. They did it from February until the end of June. So this year they moved it back up. So pretty much I leave in about a week and a half for – I guess the first week of January, you know, when the whenever this podcast airs. Yeah, I've gotten to see a lot of really cool places and travel the country and, you know, compete with those guys week in and week out. And, man, let me tell you, the, the competition level, yeah, it's it's so different than anything I've ever faced before, especially the, the learning curve, too. I feel like a lot of the stuff that I learned in college and, you know, what made me successful in college, not a lot of it translates to the PBA. So the last six months that I've been off tour, uh, I've been really trying to work on that and uh, try to change my game just so I can, you know, compete with these guys to a better level, I guess. So as a rookie, was it kind of like um, jaw dropping? Was there nerves? You're like, hey, because you know all these guys. You've seen them either through, you know, the Midwest Open, the regionals. You know, you've seen them bowl. You've probably talked to a lot of them, you know, throughout the years coming through the Illinois Valley Super Bowl where you worked because your parents and, you know, family owned it. I mean, now you're on their level. You're playing their game against them. I'm sure it's still kind of sort of friendly, but now they're competitors, they're opponents. So how was that for you as a rookie this year, you know, knowing them, but now knowing them on a different level? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely weird being, you know, being in this position now because, yeah, as, as you said, I bowled against a few of these guys in regionals and other tournaments. And, you know, back then it was a little bit more cordial where I would say now the, especially on the, the pro tour, you know, in any sport, it's so much more cutthroat, I would say, is, uh, yeah, the, the competition level, you know, there's, there's guys that are, you know, they're, they're good friends of mine out there and I've, I've made some good connections, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, it's like any other sport where, you know, it's a job they are trying to get a bigger paycheck than the next guy. And especially a lot of the, the time and work that it puts into it. So as much as I don't want to admit it, you know, for how much I practice and how much I got ready for tour last year, um, I don't I don't think anything really could have prepared me for, for what I had in store uh, my first year on tour. So definitely the first first tournament and the first few after that, 
there were a lot of nerves, a lot of nerves. But, you know, as the as the tour season went along, um, I got to know a lot of the guys. And as I started bowling better in events, I started getting, you know, more cordial with them and all. So I definitely feel a lot more comfortable going into this year. Winning or performing on a high level makes everybody happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, obviously uh, last year, you know, I, I went through quite the learning curve to start. Um, it went from, you know, being kind of tough at first where, you know, I wasn't really making a whole bunch of cuts. I wasn't at the top of my game and I wasn't, a lot of the things that I had to learn and I had to change about my game from college, it really was a complete, you know, flip just from everything that, you know, you're taught and how to be successful in college. Like a majority of that doesn't apply out there in the PBA tour. So it was kind of hard trying to balance that and trying to figure out, okay, you know, do I really want to abandon everything that worked in the past or do I want to hold on to it and pray it works? Well, you know, as they say, you gotta, you adapt or you die. So the last six months I've been working on that. And especially during the tour season last year too, you know, it did start getting better. Uh, I was able to have a seventh place finish at the Roth Holman doubles with one of my good friends. And then also when I bowled the Lucy doubles in Houston, Texas, it's a breast cancer awareness tournament. One PBA member and one PWBA member from the women's tour, uh, you bowl together and, you know, we were able to qualify first overall out of the, I think it was 208 teams, I want to say. So we were able to qualify first out of the whole tour and eventually ended up finishing fifth in the tournament. So yeah, luckily by the end of the year, you know, I started seeing a good amount of progression and you know, that's really helped me build confidence for this upcoming year. A lot of confidence building, but I mean, I guess, is that how it always starts? I, I'm not, uh, you know, trying to put every athlete in the same bubble, but I feel like when you first get there, first competing, you're first on this level, it's probably not, you know, the easiest thing in the world. And then all of a sudden, as the first season, you know, rolls on, literally in bowling rolls on, you get better and improve and you had something to work on because you didn't start off hot. Not saying you started from the bottom, but started off not at a level you wanted to and then reached up. I mean, kind of seems like, uh, you know, a familiar Nate Stubler story. I think we've had this convo before. <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, 100%. And that's something that, you know, to any, any young athlete out there listening, it does stink. But just remember that anytime you go to the next level of competition, whether you're just getting into high school sports or college sports or you know, any, any level, everybody wants to be the star when, when they're a freshman, but at the end of the day, you got to learn really just, it takes time, you know, it takes time, it takes dedication, it takes effort. So yeah, I, I wanted to obviously be successful early on when I first went out there on tour, but you know, realistically, I don't want to say nobody is because there are a few exceptions, but it's better to kind of, you know, lose early on and then make sure that you're learning from those mistakes and failures and you know, constantly think, okay, what could I have done better? What could I do better for next time? And then that'll really get you to the level where you want to be. And, you know, even there were, there were so many times, like it, it, it is frustrating, you know, but there were times I had doubts in myself of, okay, am I ever going to be able to figure this out? Am I ever going to be able to beat these guys, you know, at the college level, and especially at the pro level? The few instances that, you know, you're able to, you just kind of keep riding on that and you just keep building off of it. So it really is a, uh, perseverance it really does stink because obviously nobody likes to lose but it's like they say you have to learn how to lose before you can learn how to win definitely definitely and then you notice things that you got to change or adapt or i know you've been working on your fitness and conditioning a lot and i mean people don't think 
you know, bowling is a, you know, major monster sport. A lot of people just think it's a game, but you know, to be at this level, compete at this level, probably have to do stuff on a professional athlete scale. It's definitely the, the time and dedication, you know, and some people they're, they're really strict about their fitness and health. Some people aren't as much. I don't know, to me, really for me, I feel like it's much more of a mental thing where I used to have the mentality where it's like, okay, if I'm in better shape, you know, I feel like that'll help me compete better. It's one of those things where you, you try to look at it as you put the time, you put the effort in, you know, to always make it better, then you're going to get the results that you deserve someday. Yeah, and that's honestly, that's one thing too. Every time you'd see bowling, you know, it used to be, you know, the beer commercials, it used to be, <laughs> used to be big stuff like that. And which, which it, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. Truthfully, I, I would compare bowling. A lot of people compare bowling to golf. It's really closer to pitching, you know, in baseball, because a lot of people think it's upper body, but really it's, it's flexibility uh, within the hips, within the upper body, and you generate all the power from the legs. So a lot of torque involved, yeah, especially when it comes to your delivery. I'd compare it mostly to baseball and you've seen how hard that, you know, you've seen how hard the MLB pitchers work and, you know, professional athletes who pitch, you know, how much time and effort that they put into their, into their bodies, whether it's building muscle or flexibility. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the closest to baseball. Okay. You know what? I never heard that before, but as I'm sitting here thinking, as you're talking about it, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a lot of legs. It's a whole lot of, you know, how you twist your body, how you move. I guess it's not all arms. Yeah, a lot of the, the torque, the uh, like they call it like the rubber band effect, especially with the hips and all. It's a lot. It, takes, it does take a lot of flexibility. You know, on the surface level, it doesn't look like it much, but if you really analyze, you know, what people are doing out there, especially the ones that are, you know, the most successful out there on tour, you know, you'll, you'll notice those things. Definitely. You mentioned earlier through the tour, you've been able to travel all over the place, which is awesome. I'm a traveler myself, and I know you like to, you know, get around the country, which is awesome being part of the PBA. You don't have to list them all, but where are a couple of your favorite bowling centers or favorite cities that the bowling center has been in that you've been able to bowl at through your first year in the PBA? Ooh, that's, that's tough. Uh, I would say one is definitely Indy. Um, in Indianapolis, uh, that's the U.S. Open is there pretty much every year for the last couple of years. And I really enjoy that one because it's a close one. So I've had a couple of friends reach out that either live in Indy or some friends here that I've traveled to the event to come out support and hang out for a couple of days. So, you know, for that aspect, I'm, I'm a big fan of that one. But other than that, I would definitely say Houston. That's a really fun one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we bowled well there last year, so... That's a part of it, but you know, Houston, Houston's a lot of fun. Vegas too. We didn't really go to Vegas last year, but this year we're going back to Vegas and I've bowled a couple other events out there beforehand. So that's always a fun one, obviously. So anywhere where there's a lot of stuff to do and, you know, especially when you're traveling, you know, whether you travel with, you know, a friend or two or not, it's always fun when there's stuff to do outside of the bowling tournament because for how much time you spend in the bowling center, it's definitely nice to be able to, to get away a little bit and actually, you know, do some fun activities. And you kind of got the best of both worlds because, yes, you get to take the six months of the bowling tour, travel, see things, do things in these big cities. But then when it's over, you get to come back to Illinois, the Valley, Peru, and, you know, kind of chill out a little bit. Yeah, and that's honestly, that was one of the biggest uh, decisions, too. So after tour was over last year, I bought a house here in Peru. 
uh, in July. And that was kind of one of the biggest decisions and factors as to why I did it was, you know, being that I'm gone for so many months out of the year, it's really nice to come back and, you know, especially where my roots are and where I've built, you know, many great relationships and friendships and, you know, just with family and, and friends around the area. So to me, it's, it's nice when I can go to the grocery store and, you know, I get to see people that I know and, you know, get to catch up. And, you know, that's something that I'm really happy about because when you're out there on tour, you're gone so many, you know, months out of the year that it's really hard to hang out with people and, you know, other than the people that are out there on tour. So it's hard to make time, especially a lot of the events that I've had to miss too uh, because of that. So that's, that's why I'm happy to be, you know, local and, and back in the, the South Peru area. And I'm sure when you have these run-ins, nobody ever asks you about bowling. <laughs> no, no, that's that's never happened. No, uh, never. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always I always feel so bad too because normally you know we talk about bowling and all that, and then right after, you know, I, I feel so bad. I'm always like, oh, so what's new with you? You know, how are you doing and and all that stuff. So <laughs> definitely, definitely, you, you got to have a two-way conversation, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, and that—that's where I feel bad. Sometimes, you know, they don't have a whole bunch of time, and I or I don't have a whole bunch of time. So, you know, if it's ever been a short conversation or been too much about me, I genuinely apologize about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I was not trying to bury this, but don't think Edge of Your Seat podcast did not notice you were a nominee for PBA Rookie of the Year. Congratulations, my man! I know you put in the work. We've been talking about it here. How did that make you feel having the PBA recognize what you're doing as a rookie? Oh man, it was it was awesome. Um, especially, well, it was kind of funny too. My mom actually found out about it before I did. Like, I didn't get notified about it until about an hour after she saw it uh, on the PBA page and that it was shared on Facebook and and all throughout that. So it's funny. She called me, you know, kind of freaking out and was like oh my God, your nomination for Rookie of the Year, you know, yada, yada. And I was like, what? Like, oh, this was at like 8.30 in the morning. So I was kind of like, wait, what? What am I? <laughs> I was like, hold on. So yeah, it was kind of funny. It threw me for a loop at first. But yeah, and then after I got to, to read the article and, and see it, you know, it, it really was a nice confidence boost to know that the work that I put in and, you know, even though the first year wasn't, you know, ideally where I wanted it to be, um, it was kind of nice to know that, okay, you know, compared to the other rookies and all, I'm not too far behind kind of deal, if that makes sense. So it's nice to know that, okay, I'm learning and, um, you know, I have something to show for it at least. It's definitely a nice confidence boost. You're in the group. You got the invite to the party, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was, uh, it was a really nice surprise, you know. So especially with how stressful it can be sometimes, especially early on while you're out there, it's nice to know that, you know, you can be recognized and that, hey, I did do a few things right out there. Was that an accomplishment or, you know, an award, an honor that you seeked or you thought about during your first year on the tour? Or was it just like, hey, I'm bowling, I'm here? Was it something that you were looking for to get recognized or you just wanted to play your game? Very early on, uh, I thought about it the first tournament. But after that, I didn't really think about it because I knew that, you know, at the end of the day, the rookie of the year would, you know, would have been a great honor and all. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you can go out there to try to be player of the year or you can try to be rookie of the year. So obviously I was nowhere close to player of the year this year, but, uh, you know, I was trying to think of the long-term goals and I understood that, hey, you know, there's going to be a learning curve. It's going to be a process. You know, it was more of a, if I win rookie of the year, you know, great. If not, not the end of the world kind of thing. So I definitely, I made that mistake in college because I think after the first, 
maybe the first half of the collegiate season, uh, I was either first or second in the rookie of the year, you know, for, for college at that level. And then I thought about it too much and it just, you know, it all went downhill from there. So I, I definitely try to learn from that mistake uh, when I was when I bowled in college. Understand that. Understand that a hundred percent. Now that you're during the break, I mean, you're about to go bowl again. And you said in a, a couple of weeks, or so we're at the end of December here. Happy New Year, by the way, my friend. Yeah, Happy New Year. I was I was going to ask too uh, at some point. You know, now this is a good time, probably. And I don't mean to throw you on the spot here, but uh, what what are your New Year's resolutions for this year, Brandon? Ooh, ooh. Well, I think I'm going to take off conquer the world because. I think I'm doing a good job with my world. So maybe I've already accomplished that in 2023. So we're going to take off Conquer the World. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what? Just keep, you know, kind of like you keep grinding. I mean, I always think that there is a better version of you if you keep putting in the work and getting better. And, you know, as I go through these podcast chats, as I write stories, you know, I'm always seeing things that I'm getting better at, uh, whether it's, you know, word structure or questions that I'm asking or, you know, how I'm dealing with, you know, a, a topic or, you know, so many different things. I mean, I am not trying to compare bowling with just talking and communication and journalism things, but I do feel no matter what you're doing, whatever stage you're on, there's always things to improve and you know what you need to improve in your or on your stage. So, you know, it's kind of what I've been doing, just pushing and pushing and pushing and, you know, see what happens. I mean, I try not to set a top level like, hey, I need to do this. I don't try to do that because if you don't get there, it's kind of a letdown. So over the years, I just kind of like, hey, you push through, do what you're doing. And, you know, if you realize you're getting better, then, you know, your goal is successful. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, it's like they say, you know, life, life is a journey, man. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. No doubt. No doubt. got to have fun doing it, too. Yeah, that's that's the biggest part, too. Because, yeah, if you keep focusing on the destination, just trying to get there, you know, you kind of forget to, you know, to stop and smell the roses every now and then and learn to appreciate, you know, what you have already. And it makes the process a little less fun, definitely in the long term. No doubt. And look at you asking me questions. Are you trying to be an Edge of Seat podcast co-host? <laughs> Hey, I mean, honestly, six months out of the year, if you need a, if you'd like a co-host, you let me know. I know you're busy with, uh, with everything you've got going on too. And you've certainly become, you know, a local celebrity with everything that you've been doing for the high school sports and, you know, for refereeing and doing all these other podcasts. So yeah, if you just want like a month off or something, you know, you just let me know. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I love it. I love it. But you know, you're busy yourself. Not only you're doing the PBA thing, you got a break. But did you just receive a job or sign something? I just signed a deal with KR Strike Force. Pretty much I'm going to be wearing their bowling shoes on tour for this upcoming season. I'll admit, when it came to their shoes, I love them because they are the most comfortable, you know, bowling shoes I've ever worn. And I've, I've with how much I've bowled, I've burned through a lot of them. <laughs> so uh, they definitely seem to be the most durable and they are the most comfortable shoes. And honestly, I think they look really cool too. You know, because, you know, sometimes you go to the bowling alleys and, you know, you see the bowling shoes and you're like, yeah, okay, they're bowling shoes kind of deal. But these ones, I definitely recommend getting. They're comfy. Truthfully, you could wear them around the house if you really wanted to to help break them in or just wear them for comfort because 
they're a lot better than a majority of the sneakers that I have currently. And yeah, if you're interested in that, we'll put a we'll put a link down below uh, in the chat, and then you know you guys can reach out and we can work on getting you a pair of bowling shoes. There we go. And your marketing. Look at you just doing everything. <laughs> That's definitely one of the few things I'm excited about for this upcoming tour season. I'm uh, I'm one of two national pros that I uh, just signed with KR. Yeah, definitely. If you wanna if you wanna support and or you know just wear the most comfortable bowling shoes and bowling, definitely check those out. No doubt, no doubt. I'm happy for you, man. I'm glad you got a lot of things moving in positive directions in your personal life and your bowling career. A lot of stuff going on. As always, it is a blast to chat, catch up. Find out what's going on in the bowling world with Nate. I almost called you Nathan. I think I told you a while ago I was going to drop the Nathan, call you Nate. I feel like Nate is a more, you know, a more grown-up name. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. It's, uh, you know, close family and, and close friends. You know, they call me Nathan. But, you know, call me Nate, Nathan, you know, Stuby, whatever works. So <laughs> I remember at one point they were calling you Nate the Great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was, the, it was like the N8 and the... With the, yeah, the GR8 kind of thing. Yeah, that that was cool. <laughs> I don't get called that as much anymore, but I don't know if that's a sign, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you're doing in PBA, you're definitely still doing some great things. Nate Stubler, thanks, my friend. You know I'm going to ask you to come back on eventually. And as always, you're always willing and we make time. So we might have to move some schedules around, but we get you on. I appreciate you so much, Nate Stubler. Have a very, very happy new year. Likewise, have a happy new year, Brandon, and you know, thank you always for having me. I'm always happy to be on EduC Podcast, and to all the listeners, thank you for listening. So also, uh, an exclusive to EduC Podcast, uh, I haven't announced this anywhere else yet, so this is the first time that you're hearing it, Brandon's hearing it, everybody's hearing it. Uh, I just signed a jersey with Bullify, uh, so they make a lot of accessories, apparel, uh, mostly jerseys, and they are coming out with a brand new jersey that is one of the most comfortable materials that you can have. It's very thin, very comfortable. doesn't feel like a bowling jersey as much. It's a it's like a very much, a uh, very nice polo. But, yeah, this is the first time you're hearing it. And if anybody's interested in looking at bowling jerseys, uh, they can design custom jerseys, put whatever you want on it. If you use my code, STUBES24, you can get 10% off your first order. Uh, and actually every order after that. So anytime that you use my code, STUBES24, you can get 10% off your order.